Blog Talk Radio. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. Back with it and let my team split it With a swagger, you can't get no, you can't get it Shit, bitch, I pop like Diddy I pop like when he gon' stop when it's empty And you still join Leonardo da Vinci Trap me, I'm in the early Getting money, riding dirty Up town, putting it down, blowing out the pile Duffel bag full of cash when I come around The little homie got the game, so I put him down Hold my town, worldwide wearing a crown Like father, like son, got it off the mound like father, like son, nigga standing ground. Like father, like son, nigga fucking clown. Yeah, nigga, unfucking believable. I know y'all hear so much shit about me and my little young nigga. You know them out like a ass. Anything can come out that motherfucker. You heard me? Big shots to all the city. Go in your arms, blood, nigga. To let us through that motherfucker. You heard me? Cause the water ran us out that motherfucker. But we done found back. Believe that. Real fire. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. 
Hello? Okay, good. So as the chemicals of emotion wane, the cells will go into a period of chemical withdrawal. This will stimulate the brain to produce more molecules of emotion and the cells will carry out the corresponding behavior to concentrate the chemicals in the tissues. This is known as emotionalism, which creates drama. No, I'm serious. You have to understand that drama is a biological created activity because the chemistry of that emotion is dwindling in that person's body. And so therefore, to keep that chemistry at the level that it's used to, it will stimulate the person to create drama. So you have to understand this is a self-imposed chemical addiction to one's own emotions. And if that means that they are sabotaging things to solve this chemical imbalance in the body, they will do that. If it means that they have to create disharmony or create havoc, etc., it will happen over and over and over again. So these people don't need enablers that continuously support them through their high drama. They need to actually be treated and put into withdrawal and consult about how to be able to separate their sensations from a thought so they do not continuously create this chemistry. So you have to understand this is a serious problem because what I have observed about us as African Americans is that we have difficulty staying focused and participatory in an event because we allow our emotions, and now we've created these emotions because we have judged someone else's speech or someone else's behavior to allow us to abandon the goal or the project over and over and over again. So I used to find it very interesting because Caucasians will make it very clear to each other, I really do not like you. However, if they are very clear that they need that person's skill or talent, that is inconsequential and I will meet you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock so we can get busy on this project. And at 5 o'clock, don't speak to me again. So I've heard us rationalize that, oh, that's hypocritical and just a whole bunch of other stuff and how can they do that and they shouldn't speak and look at what they did. A whole bunch of chemical poisons and toxins that you have created in your mind. Because when the mind understands that we need certain skills and talents to be able to get a project done, we're not interested in how they look, what they say, what they may be doing, etc. We're interested, can they execute this particular activity to the extent that I'm going to get one step closer to the goal. And if the mind understands that, a healthy mind will ignore the rest of the activities and stay focused on the goal. This is critical. I mean, I have seen us talk about we're not speaking and whatever else, etc. and nothing gets done. Nothing over and over and over again because we are emotional addicts. We are not in control at all of our bodies. It is our emotions that are driving us. And so therefore, we have abandoned the project. Years go by, the same foolishness and nonsense, and we wonder why, what happened. And somebody else that didn't do whatever they're supposed to do. No, it was you who would not control your mind and stay focused.
Thank you. Uh huh. Yeah. 50 years. Live lounge. Classic historical. You heard? Vibe with me. Vibe with me. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 We gonna take you higher today.
All right, all right, all right. What up, what up, peace to the gods? What's going on? We out here live on the bottom line. Today is Sunday, May the 1st, 2022. Now, welcome you to the show. Um, I did not do a show last Sunday, and I did not do a Thursday or Friday show. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, as you all know, I've been <clears throat> dealing with passing of my father so I've been really busy with a lot of that stuff but in the spirit of continuing um, the evolution right um, I want to continue to do shows and I want to make sure that I'm bringing you quality information so I'm going to stray away tonight from the information on law um, unless you want to deal with Law of One or things like that. But tonight we're going to deal with the idea of uh, the inhabited worlds. And so, you know, I got to thinking, right? And, you know, it's funny because death does some strange things, right? It, it gets you to questioning a lot of your your own basic reality, right? And it also gets you, you know, depending upon how you're wired, it gets you to thinking in the aspect of, what is death and and do we transcend that thing right and you know i I begin to look at that as um the idea of you know from a scientific standpoint for sure but i definitely began to look at this um as as something that that you that you know we, we really don't fully understand Right, we, we don't really fully understand it, and because we don't fully understand it, um, what it tells me is that you know we got a lot to learn. So, um, you know, in my research, I begin to to look into frequency, right, and sound and vibration, and it got me to ask some questions. It really got me asking a couple of questions. One, what is the frequency of life? If we know what the frequency of life is, then there has to be a frequency at death, okay? And then if we transcend our physical bodies to another dimension, right? Whatever that be, some people call it heaven. It may be another dimension, right? But whatever that is, the question is, is there an electrical signal that we can follow? Is there some type of um, electromagnetic frequency that we could follow, right? And so, um, upon asking that question, then it got me thinking about other worlds, right? And when I say other worlds, I'm talking about um, other planetary bodies, other life forms, and things like that, right? So then it got me thinking, okay, well, if we are frequency on this planet and we are primarily light, then there has to be life on other planets, right? And they have to resonate at a certain frequency also, right? So we know that on this planet, your brain is an electrical chemical organ, right? Um, it's electricity. And its electricity is measured in brain waves. So there are four categories of brain waves, right? Ranging from the fastest to the slowest, right? And the fastest brain waves correspond with lower frequency awareness okay while the slowest brain waves correlate with higher frequency expanded awareness so this got me asking some questions about 
the frequency of the brain and the frequency of our planet, right? And if you if you know anything about the electromagnetic field of the planet at one point in time, it was even used to be able to tell um, people's fortune, right? So when we look at the different waves, you have to start with the beta wave, which is 13 to 40 hertz or cycles per second. Okay, so the beta is the fastest of the brain waves. It is associated with an alert waking state, right? So when your brain is aroused or engaged in a mental activity, right? When you read um, in your bed before you go to sleep, right? You're probably at what they call a low beta wave, right? So the more intense the activity and the arousal, right? As with fear or anger or hunger or being surprised, right? then the faster the frequency is, okay? And so then if you look at alpha waves, and alpha waves are interesting waves, right? Because alpha waves are 8 to 13 hertz, right? So alpha brain waves are slower, and they appear when you're relaxed but not drowsy, right? So with an effortless alertness, right? So these alpha waves are essentially found... Um, in these tranquil states, right? These sleep-like states, right? These these uh these light meditation states, okay? Um, reflection states, daydreaming states, um, what they call biofeedback states, right? By uh, a body-mind integration, right? Um, some you might know it as hypnosis, right? Um, or when people tell you to do creative visualization, like visualize this, right? Um, or we need you to be intuitive or artistic, right? Um, all of these things, right? Even when you're exercising, right? Or if you're in a trance-like state, right? When you become conscious within these states, okay? This is this is where these things start to happen, okay? So then I move down to the theta wave, which is four to eight hertz. Right, so the theta brain waves are much slower, and they're associated with um, sleep, drowsiness, um, dreaming, deeper levels of meditation, inspired creativity, imagination. Okay, recall. If you ever see that movie, Final Recall, it'd be worth watching, right? Um, and mystical states of intuitive perception, right? So theta can feel like a trance. If you will, right, and, and where you're driving on the freeway, right, um, and, and you lose track of time, right, that can be um, an example of when your brain goes into theta, right. Um, it's a it's a free flow of ideas, right, and then you get down to delta. Delta's one half to four hertz, right. And delta brain waves are, are really slow waves, right, and they're found during a deep sleep, right. They're connected with sleepwalking, sleep talking. Um, as well as this deep trance, right, that processes what we call the self-healing mechanism, okay? So your brain shifts between four basic frequencies of consciousness, right? And so it, it leads me to ask the question, well, if this is the case, how is it that people um, have out-of-body experiences, things like that? Um, some people call them near-death experiences, all these different things, right? But what this, what this asks the question of is the frequency of your consciousness, right? And so at each vibratory level, you function at a different frequency. So these phases are evident during the sleep cycle, right? And so 
at night, right, you rotate through several phases of your sleep cycle, right? So in the early stage, your brain waves slow from, they go from the beta to the more relaxed alpha state, and then the imaginative uh, pictures that drift through your mind, right? Your muscles relax, your pulse, your blood pressure, your temperature drop, all of these different things, right? And so um, your brain waves correlate with your awareness level. How aware are you? Right, of where you are, right? And so I got to looking at this and I got to saying, hmm, you know, if we think about life and death and, and life in general on this planet and maybe any other planet, it would have to be perceived in the nature of a wave, a frequency, right? Light is at a frequency. Um, your body is at a certain frequency. Each chakra vibrates at a certain frequency, right, throughout your meridian system, throughout your chakra, your, uh, your chakra system, right? Because um, the first chakra at the base of the spine focuses on survival and endurance. But as you go up to the top, right, some people call it the godhead or, right, the crown. So you start... You have your roots, your abdomen, you have your solar plexus, you've got your heart, you've got your throat, your third eye, and then your crown chakra. So as you move up to the crown, right, seven, right, you get to your crown chakra, where is that frequency at? Okay? And so I bring this up because as we talk tonight about the inhabited worlds, homeless, right, and what consciousness is, and does consciousness allow you to be able to transcend into another world, um, you know, upon your passing, or can you transfer your consciousness to another version of yourself? Any of those things, right? These are questions um, that not only have scientists asked, but people will like, right? So uh, we're going to get into this tonight, right? And I want to preface this by saying that um, this information that I'm going to present to you um, you know whether it be fiction or non-fiction it certainly is thought provoking information okay um, and I would like you to take the information in for what it is and discern for yourself okay so we're going to get into it tonight um, and like I said, keep in mind, because what we're dealing with is frequency, right? The power of personal vibration, right? And how does that vibration transcend into other time, space, realities, whether it be um, this planet or another planet or another dimension? All right. So we're going to get into it tonight. You're right here on the bottom line. Um, tonight we're talking about the inhabited world. So we're going to jump right into it. All right. We'll be back after this broadcast. Paper 49. The Inhabited World. All mortal inhabited worlds are evolutionary in origin and nature. These spheres are the spawning ground, the evolutionary cradle of the mortal races of time and space. Each unit of the ascendant life 
is a veritable training school for the stage of existence just ahead. And this is true of every stage of man's progressive paradise ascent, just as true of the initial mortal experience on an evolutionary planet as of the final universe headquarters school of the Melchizedeks, a school which is not attended by ascending mortals until just before their translation to the regime of the super-universe and the attainment of first-stage spirit existence. All inhabited worlds are basically grouped for celestial administration into the local systems, and each of these local systems is limited to about 1,000 evolutionary worlds. This limitation is by the decree of the Ancients of Days, and it pertains to actual evolutionary planets whereon mortals of survival status are living. Neither worlds finally settled in light and life, nor planets in the pre-human stage of life development are reckoned in this group. Satania itself is an unfinished system containing only 619 inhabited worlds. Such planets are numbered serially in accordance with their registration as inhabited worlds, as worlds inhabited by will creatures. Thus was Urantia given the number 606 of Satania, meaning the 606th world in this local system on which the long evolutionary life process culminated in the appearance of human beings. There are 36 uninhabited planets nearing the life endowment stage, and several are now being made ready for the life carriers. There are nearly 200 spheres which are evolving so as to be ready for life implantation within the next few million years. Not all planets are suited to harbor mortal life. Small ones having a high rate of axial revolution are wholly unsuited for life habitats. In several of the physical systems of Satania, the planets revolving around the central sun are too large for habitation, their great mass occasioning oppressive gravity. Many of these enormous spheres have satellites, sometimes a half dozen or more, and these moons are often in size very near that of Urantia, so that they are almost ideal for habitation. The oldest inhabited world of Satania, world number one, is Anova, one of the 44 satellites revolving around an enormous dark to the differential light of three neighboring suns. Anova is in an advanced stage of progressive civilization. One, the planetary life. The universes of time and space are gradual in development. The progression of life, terrestrial or celestial, is neither arbitrary nor magical. Cosmic evolution may not always be understandable, predictable, but it is strictly non-accidental. The biologic unit of material life is the protoplasmic cell, the communal association of chemical, electrical, and other basic energies. The chemical formulas differ in each system, and the technique of living cell reproduction is slightly different in each local universe. But the life carriers are always the living catalyzers who initiate the primordial reactions of material life. They are the instigators of the energy circuits of living matter. All the worlds of a local system disclose unmistakable physical kinship, nevertheless own scale of life, no two worlds being exactly alike in plant and animal endowment. These planetary variations in the system life types result from the decisions of the life carriers. But these beings are neither capricious nor whimsical. The universes are conducted in accordance with law and order. 
the laws of Nebadan are the divine mandates of Salvington, and the evolutionary order of life in Satania is in consonance with the evolutionary pattern of Nebadan. Evolution is the rule of human development, but the process itself varies greatly on different worlds. Life is sometimes initiated in one center, sometimes in three, as it was on Urantia. On the atmospheric world, it usually has a marine origin, but not always. Much depends on the physical status of a planet. The life carriers have great latitude in their function of life initiation. In the development of planetary life, the vegetable form always precedes the animal and is quite fully developed before the animal patterns differentiate. All animal types are developed from the basic patterns of the preceding vegetable kingdom of living things. They are not separately organized. The early stages of life evolution are not altogether in conformity with your present-day views. Mortal man is not an evolutionary accident. There is a precise system, a universal law, which determines the unfolding of the planetary life plan on the spheres of space. Time and the production of large numbers of a species are not the controlling influences. Mice reproduce much more rapidly than elephants. Yet elephants evolve more rapidly than mice. The process of planetary evolution is orderly and controlled. The development of higher organisms from lower groupings of life is not accidental. Sometimes evolutionary progress is temporarily delayed by the destruction of certain favorable lines of life plasm carried in a selected species. It often requires ages upon ages to recoup the damage occasioned by the loss of a single superior strain of human heredity. These selected and superior strains of living protoplasm should be jealously and intelligently guarded when once they make their appearance. And on most of the inhabited worlds, these superior potentials of life are valued much more highly than on Urantia. Two, planetary physical types. There is a standard and basic pattern of vegetable and animal life in each system. But the life carriers are oftentimes confronted with the necessity of modifying these basic patterns to conform to the varying physical conditions which confront them on numerous worlds of space. They foster a generalized system type of mortal creature, but there are seven distinct physical types as well as thousands upon thousands of minor variants of these seven outstanding differentiations. 1. Atmospheric types 2. Elemental types 3. Gravity types 4. Temperature types 5. Electric types 6. Energizing types 7. Unnamed types The Satania system contains all of these types and numerous intermediate groups, although some are very sparingly represented. 1. The atmospheric types. The physical differences of the worlds of mortal habitation are chiefly determined by the nature of the atmosphere. Other influences which contribute to the planetary differentiation of life are relatively minor. The present atmospheric status of Urantia is almost ideal for the support of the breathing type of man. But the human type can be so modified that it can live on both the superatmospheric and the subatmospheric planets. Such modifications also extend to the animal life, which differs greatly on the various inhabited spheres. There is a very great modification of animal orders 
on both the sub- and the super-atmospheric world. Of the atmospheric types in Cetania, about two and one-half percent are sub-breathers, about five percent super-breathers, and over 91 percent are mid-breathers, altogether accounting for 98 and one-half percent of the Cetania world. Beings such as the Arantia races are classified as mid-breathers, you represent the average or typical breathing order of mortal existence. If intelligent creatures should exist on a planet with an atmosphere similar to that of your near neighbor, Venus, they would belong to the super-breather group, while those inhabiting a planet with an atmosphere as thin as that of your outer neighbor, Mars, would be denominated sub-breathers. If mortals should inhabit a planet devoid of air, like your moon, they would belong to the separate order of non-breathers. This type represents a radical or extreme adjustment to the planetary environment and is separately considered. Non-breathers account for the remaining one and one-half percent of Satania worlds. Two, the elemental types. Differentiations have to do with the relation of mortals to water, air, and land. And there are four distinct species of intelligent life as they are related to these habitats. The Arantia races are of the land order. It is quite impossible for you to envisage the environment which prevailed during the early ages of some worlds. These unusual conditions make it necessary for the evolving animal life to remain in its marine nursery habitat for longer periods than on those planets which very early provide a hospitable land and atmosphere environment. Conversely, on some worlds of the super-breathers, when the planet is not too large, it is sometimes expedient to provide for a mortal type which can readily negotiate atmospheric passage. These air navigators sometimes intervene between the water and land groups, and they always live in a measure upon the ground, eventually evolving into land dwellers. But on some worlds, for ages they continue to fly even after they have become land-type beings. It is both amazing and amusing to observe the early civilization of a primitive race of human beings taking shape, in one case in the air and treetops and, in another, midst the shallow waters of sheltered tropic basins, as well as on the bottom, sides and shores of these marine gardens of the dawn races of such extraordinary spheres. Even on Urantia, there was a long age during which primitive man preserved himself and advanced his primitive civilization by living, for the most part, in the treetops, as did his earlier arboreal ancestors. And on Urantia, you still have a group of diminutive mammals, the bat family, that are air navigators, and your seals and whales of marine habitat are also of the mammalian order. In Satania, of the elemental types, 7% are water, 10% air, 70% land, and 13% combined land and air types. But these modifications of early intelligent creatures are neither human fishes nor human birds. They are of the human and pre-human types, neither superfishes nor glorified birds, but distinctly mortal. 3. The gravity types. By modification of creative design, intelligent beings are so constructed that they can freely function on spheres both smaller and larger than Urantia, thus being, in measure, 
accommodated to the gravity of those planets which are not of ideal size and density. The various planetary types of mortals vary in height, the average in Nebadon being a trifle under seven feet. Some of the larger worlds are peopled with beings who are only about two and one-half feet in height. Mortal stature ranges from here on up through the average heights on the average-sized planets to around 10 feet on the smaller inhabited spheres. In Satania, there is only one race under four feet in height. 20% of the Satania-inhabited worlds are peopled with mortals of the modified gravity types occupying the larger and the smaller planets. Four, the temperature types. It is possible to create living beings who can withstand temperatures both much higher and much lower than the life range of the Urantia races. There are five distinct orders of beings as they are classified with reference to heat regulating mechanisms. In this scale, the Urantia races are number three. 30% of the Tania worlds are peopled with races of modified temperature types. 12% belong to the higher temperature ranges, 18% the lower as compared with the Urantians who function in the mid group. Five, the electric type. The electric, magnetic, and electronic behavior of the world vary greatly. There are ten designs of mortal life variously fashioned to withstand the different energy of the sphere. These varieties also react in slightly different ways to the chemical rays of ordinary sunlight. But these slight physical variations in no way affects the intellectual or the spiritual. Of the electric groupings of mortal life, almost 23% belong to class number four, the Arantia type of existence. These types are distributed as follows. Number one, 1%. Number two, 2%. Number three, 5%. Number four, 23%. Number five, 27%. Number six, 24%. Number seven, 8%. Number eight, 5%. Number nine, 3%. Number 10, 2%. In whole percentages. Six, the energizing. Not all worlds are alike in the manner of taking in energy. Not all inhabited worlds have an atmospheric ocean suited to the respiratory exchange of gases is present on Urantia. During the earlier and the later stages of many planets, beings of your present order could not exist. And when the respiratory factors of a planet are very high or very low, but when all other prerequisites to intelligent life are adequate, the life carriers often establish that world a modified form of mortal existence. Beings who are competent to affect their life process exchanges directly by means of light energy and the first-hand power transmutation to the master physical controller. There are six different types of animal and mortal nutrition. The sub-breathers employ the first type of nutrition, the marine dwellers the second, the mid-breathers the third, as on Urantia. The super-breathers employ the fourth type of energy intake, while the non-breathers utilize the fifth order of nutrition and energy. The sixth technique of energizing is limited to the midway creatures. 7. The unnamed types. There are numerous additional physical variations in planetary life, but all of these differences are wholly matters of anatomical modification, physiological differentiation, 
and electrochemical adjustment. Such distinctions do not concern the intellectual or the spiritual life. 3. World of the Non-Breathers The majority of inhabited planets are peopled with the breathing type of intelligent beings. But there are also orders of mortals who are able to live on worlds with little or no air. Of the Orvanta inhabited worlds, this type amounts to less than 7%. In Nebadan, this percentage is less than 3 In all Satania, there are only such worlds. There are so very few of non-breather type of inhabited worlds in Satania because this more recently organized section of Nolashidae still abounds in meteoric space bodies and worlds without a protected friction atmosphere are subject to incessant bombardment by these wanderers. Even some of the comets consist of meteor swarms, but as a rule, they are disrupted smaller bodies of matter. Millions upon millions of meteorites enter the atmosphere of Urantia daily, coming in at the rate of almost 200 miles a second. On the not-breathing world, the advanced races must do much to protect themselves from meteor damage by making electrical installations which operate to consume or shunt the meteors. Great danger confronts them when they venture beyond these protected zones. These worlds are also subject to disastrous electrical storms of a nature unknown on Urantia. During such times of tremendous energy fluctuation, the inhabitants must take refuge in their special structures of protective insulation. Life on the worlds of the non-breathers is radically different from what it is on Urantia. The non-breathers do not eat food or drink water, as do the Urantia races. The reactions of the nervous system, the heat-regulating mechanism, and the metabolism of these specialized peoples are radically different from such functions of Urantia mortals. Almost every act of living, aside from reproduction, differs, and even the methods of procreation are somewhat different. On the non-breathing world, the animal species are radically unlike those found on the atmospheric planet. The non-breathing plan of life varies from the technique of existence on an atmospheric world. Even in survival, their people differ, being candidates for spirit fusion. Nevertheless, these beings enjoy life and carry forward the activities of the realm with the same relative trials and joys that are experienced by the mortals living on atmospheric worlds. In mind and character, the non-breathers do not differ from other mortal types. You would be more than interested in the planetary conduct of this type of mortal because such a race of beings inhabits a sphere in close proximity to Urantia. 4. Evolutionary Will Creatures There are great differences between the mortals of the different worlds, even among those belonging to the same intellectual and physical types. But all mortals of will dignity are erect animals, bipeds. There are six basic evolutionary races, three primary, red, yellow, and blue, and three secondary, orange, green, and indigo. Most inhabited worlds have all of these races, but many of the three-brained planets harbor only the three primary types. Some local systems also have only these three races. The average special physical sense endowment of human beings is 12, though the special senses of the three-brained mortals are extended slightly beyond those of the one- and two-brained types. They can see and hear considerably more than the Urantia races. Young are usually born singly, 
multiple births being the exception, and the family life is fairly uniform on all types of planets. Sex equality prevails on all advanced worlds. Male and female are equal in mind, endowment, and spiritual status. We do not regard a planet as having emerged from barbarism so long as one sex seeks to tyrannize over the other. This feature of creature experience is always greatly improved after the arrival of a material son and daughter. Seasons and temperature variations occur on all sun-lighted and sun-heated planets. Agriculture is universal on all atmospheric worlds. Killing the soil is the one pursuit that is common to the advancing races of all such planets. Mortals all have the same general struggle with microscopic foes in their early days, such as you now experience on Urantia, though perhaps not so extensive. The length of life varies on the different planets, from 25 years on the primitive world to near 500 on the more advanced and older spheres. Human beings are all gregarious, both tribal and racial. These group segregations are inherent in their origin and constitution. Such tendencies can be modified only by advancing civilization and by gradual spiritualization. The social, economic, and governmental problems of the inhabited world vary in accordance with the age of the planet and the degree to which they have been influenced by the successive sojourns of the divine sun. Mind is the bestowal of the infinite spirit and functions quite the same in diverse environments. The mind of mortals is akin regardless of certain structural and chemical differences which characterize the physical natures of the will creatures of the local systems. Regardless of personal or physical planetary differences, the mental life of all these various orders of mortals is very similar, and their immediate careers after death are very much alike. But mortal mind without immortal spirit cannot survive. The mind of man is mortal, only the bestowed spirit is immortal. Survival is dependent on spiritualization by the ministry of the adjuster, on the birth and evolution of the immortal soul. At least, there must not have developed an antagonism towards the adjuster's mission of affecting the spiritual transformation of the material mind. 5. The Planetary Series of Mortals It will be somewhat difficult to make an adequate portrayal of the planetary series of mortals because you know so little about them, and because there are so many variations. Mortal creatures may, however, studied from numerous viewpoints, among which are the following. 1. Adjustment to planetary environment. 2. Brain type series. 3. Spirit reception series. 4. Planetary mortal epochs. 5. Creature kinship serials. 6. Adjust a fusion series. Seven, techniques of terrestrial escape. The inhabited spheres of the seven super universes are peopled with mortals who simultaneously classify in some one or more categories of each of these seven generalized classes of evolutionary creature life. But even these general classifications make no provision for such beings as midsonitis, nor for certain other forms of intelligent life. The inhabited worlds, as they have been presented in these narratives, are peopled with evolutionary mortal creatures, but there are other life forms. 1. Adjustment to planetary environment. 
There are three general groups of inhabited worlds from the standpoint of the adjustment of creature life to the planetary environment. The normal adjustment group, the radical adjustment group, and the experimental group. Normal adjustment to planetary conditions follow the general physical patterns previously considered. The worlds of the non-breathers typify the radical or extreme adjustment, but other types are also included in this group. Experimental worlds are usually ideally adapted to the typical life forms, and on these decimal planets, the life carriers attempt to produce beneficial variations in the standard life design. Since your world is an experimental planet, it differs markedly from its sister spheres in Cetania. Many forms of life have appeared on Urantia that are not found elsewhere. Likewise, are many common species absent from your planet. In the universe of Nebadon, all the life modification worlds are serially linked together and constitute a special domain of universe affairs which is given attention by designated administrators. And all of these experimental worlds are periodically inspected by a corps of universe directors whose chief is the veteran finaliter known in Titania as Tabamancha. 2. Brain Type Series The one physical uniformity of mortals is the brain and nervous system. Nevertheless, there are three basic organizations of the brain mechanism. The one, the two, and the three brain types. Urantians are of the two brain types, somewhat more imaginative, adventurous, and philosophical than the one-brained mortals, but somewhat less spiritual, ethical, and worshipful than the three-brained orders. These brain differences characterize even the pre-human animal existences. From the two-hemisphere type of the Urantian cerebral cortex, you can, by analogy, grasp something of the one-brained type. The third brain of the three-brained orders is best conceived as an evolvement of your lower or rudimentary form of brain, which is developed to the point where it functions chiefly in control of physical activities, leaving the two superior brains free for higher engagements, one for intellectual functions and the other for the spiritual counterparting activities of the thought adjuster. While the terrestrial attainments of the one-brained races are slightly limited in comparison with the two-brained orders, the older planets of the three-brained group exhibit civilizations that would astound Urantians and which would somewhat shame yours by comparison. In mechanical development and material civilization, even in intellectual progress, the two-brained mortal worlds are able to equal the three-brained spheres. But in the higher control of mind and development of intellectual and spiritual reciprocation, you are somewhat inferior. All such comparative estimates concerning the intellectual progress or the spiritual attainments of any world or group of worlds should, in fairness, recognize planetary age. Much, very much, depends on age, the health of the biologic uplifters, and the subsequent missions of the various orders of the divine sons. While the three-brained peoples are capable of a slightly higher planetary evolution than either the one- or two-brained orders, all have the same type of life plasm and carry on planetary activities in very similar ways, much as do human beings on Urantia. These three types of mortals are distributed throughout the worlds of the local systems. In the majority of cases, planetary conditions had very little to do with the decisions of the life carriers 
to project these varied orders of mortals on the different worlds. It is a prerogative of the life carriers thus to plan and execute. These three orders stand on an equal footing in the ascension career. Each must traverse the same intellectual scale of development, and each must master the same spiritual tests of progression. The system administration and the constellation over-control of these different worlds are uniformly free from discrimination. Even the regimes of the planetary princes are identical. 3. Spirit Reception Series There are three groups of mind design as related to contact with spirit affairs. Classification does not refer to the one, two, and three-brained orders of mortals. It refers primarily to gland chemistry, more particularly to the organization of certain glands comparable to the pituitary body. The races on some worlds have one gland, on others two, as do Urantians, while on still other spheres, the races have three of these unique bodies. The inherent imagination and spiritual receptivity is definitely influenced by this differential chemical endowment. Of the spirit reception types, 65% are of the second group, like the Urantia races. 12% are of the first type, naturally less receptive, while 23% are more spiritually inclined during terrestrial life. But such distinctions do not survive natural death. All of these racial differences pertain only to the life in the flesh. 4. Planetary Mortal Epics This classification recognizes the succession of temporal dispensations as they affect man's terrestrial status and his reception of celestial ministry. Life is initiated on the planets by the life carriers, who watch over its development until sometime after the evolutionary appearance of mortal man. Before the life carriers leave a planet, they duly install a planetary prince as ruler of the realm. With this ruler, there arrives a full quota of subordinate auxiliaries and ministering helpers, and the first adjudication of the living and the dead is simultaneous with his arrival. With the emergence of human groupings, this planetary prince arrives to inaugurate human civilization and to focalize human society. Your world of confusion is no criterion of the early days of the reign of the planetary princes, for it was near the beginning of such an administration on Urantia that your planetary prince, Caligastia, cast his lot with the rebellion of the system sovereign, Lucifer. Your planet has pursued a stormy course ever since. On a normal evolutionary world, racial progress attained its natural biologic peak during the regime of the planetary prince. And shortly thereafter, the system sovereign dispatches a material son and daughter to that planet. These imported beings are of service as biologic uplifters. Their default on Urantia further complicated your planetary history. When the intellectual and ethical progress of a human race has reached the limits of evolutionary development, there comes an avenal son of paradise on a magisterial mission. And later on, when the spiritual status of such a world is nearing its limit of natural attainment, the planet is visited by a paradise bestowal son. The chief mission of a bestowal son is to establish the planetary status, release the spirit of truth for planetary function, and thus effect the universal coming of the thought adjusters. Here again, Urantia deviates. There has never been a magisterial mission on your world. 
neither was your bestowal son of the Avenal Order. Your planet enjoyed the signal honor of becoming the mortal home planet of the sovereign son, Michael of Nebadon. As a result of the ministry of all the successive orders of divine sonship, the inhabited worlds and their advancing races begin to approach the apex of planetary evolution. Such worlds now become ripe for the culminating mission, the arrival of the Trinity Teacher Sons. This epoch of the Teacher Sons is the vestibule to the final planetary age, evolutionary utopia, the age of light and life. This classification of human beings will receive particular attention in the succeeding paper. Five, creature kinship serials. Planets are not only organized vertically into systems, constellations, and so on, but the universe administration also provides for horizontal grouping according to type, series, and other relationships. This lateral administration of the universe pertains more particularly to the coordination of activities of a kindred nature which have been independently fostered on different spheres. These related classes of universe creatures are periodically inspected by certain composite core of high personalities presided over by long-experienced finalities. These kinship factors are manifest on all levels, for kinship serials exist among non-human personalities as well as among mortal creatures, even between human and superhuman orders. Intelligent beings are vertically related in 12 great groups of seven major divisions each. The coordination of these uniquely related groups of living beings is probably affected by some not fully comprehended technique of the Supreme Being. 6. Adjust a Fusion Series The spiritual classification or grouping of all mortals during their pre-fusion experience is wholly determined by the relation of the personality status to the indwelling mystery monitor. Almost 90% of the inhabited worlds of Nebadon are peopled with adjuster fusion mortals, in contrast with a nearby universe where scarcely more than one half of the worlds harbor beings who are adjuster indwelt candidates for eternal fusion. 7. Techniques of Terrestrial Escape There is fundamentally only one way in which individual human life can be initiated on the inhabited worlds and that is through creature procreation and natural birth. But there are numerous techniques whereby man escapes his terrestrial status and gains access to the inward-moving stream of paradise ascenders. 6. Terrestrial Escape All of the differing physical types and planetary series of mortals alike enjoy the ministry of thought adjusters, guardian angels, and the various orders of the messenger hosts of the infinite spirit. All alike are liberated from the bonds of flesh by the emancipation of natural death, and all alike go thence to the Marantia world of spiritual evolution and mind progress. From time to time, on motion of the planetary authorities or the system rulers, special resurrections of the sleeping survivors are conducted. Such resurrections occur at least every millennium of planetary time, when not all but many of those who sleep in the dust awake. These special resurrections are the occasion for mobilizing special groups of ascenders for specific service in the local universe plan of mortal ascension. There are both practical reasons and sentimental associations connected with these special resurrections. 
Throughout the earlier ages of an inhabited world, many are called to the mansion spheres of the special and the millennial resurrection. But most survivors are repersonalized at the inauguration of a new dispensation associated with the advent of a divine son of planetary service. One, mortals of the dispensational or group order of survival. With the arrival of the first adjuster on an inhabited world, the Guardian Seraphim also make their appearance. They are indispensable to terrestrial escape. Throughout the life-lapse period of the sleeping survivors, the spiritual values and eternal realities of their newly evolved and immortal souls are held as a sacred trust by the personal or by the group Guardian Seraphim. The group Guardians of assignment to the sleeping survivors always function with the judgment sons on their world advent. He shall send his angels and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds. With each seraphim of assignment to the repersonalization of a sleeping mortal, there functions the returned adjuster, the same immortal father fragment that lived in him during the days in the flesh, and thus is identity restored and personality resurrected. During the sleep of their subjects, these waiting adjusters serve on Divinington. They never indwell another mortal mind in this interim. While the older worlds of mortal existence harbor those highly developed and exquisitely spiritual types of human beings who are virtually exempt from the Marantia life, the earlier ages of the animal origin races are characterized by primitive mortals who are so immature that fusion with their adjusters is impossible. The reawakening of these mortals is accomplished by the guardian seraphim in conjunction with an individualized portion of the immortal spirit of the third source in center. Thus are the sleeping survivors of a planetary age repersonalized in the dispensational roll call. But with regard to the non-salvable personalities of a realm, no immortal spirit is present to function with the group guardians of destiny, and this constitutes cessation of creature existence. While some of your records have pictured these events as taking place on the planets of mortal death, they all really occur on the mansion world. 2. Mortals of the Individual Orders of Ascension The individual progress of human beings is measured by their successive attainment and traversal, mastery, of the seven cosmic circles. These circles of mortal progression are levels of associated intellectual, social, spiritual, and cosmic insight values. Starting out in the seventh circle, mortals strive for the first, and all who have attained the third immediately have personal guardians of destiny assigned to them. These mortals may be repersonalized in the Marantia life, independent of dispensational or other adjudications. Throughout the earlier ages of an evolutionary world, few mortals go to judgment on the third day. But as the ages pass, more and more the personal guardians of destiny are assigned to the advancing mortals, and thus increasing numbers of these evolving creatures are repersonalized on the first mansion world on the third day after natural death. On such occasions, the return of the adjuster signalizes the awakening of the human soul, and this is the repersonalization of the dead just as literally as when the en masse role is called at the end of a dispensation on the evolutionary world. There are three groups of individual ascenders. The less advanced land on the initial or first mansion world, 
the more advanced group may take up the Moranche career on any of the intermediate mansion worlds in accordance with previous planetary progression. The most advanced of these orders really begin their Moranche experience on the seventh mansion world. Three, mortals of the probationary dependent orders of ascension. The arrival of an adjuster constitutes identity in the eyes of the universe, and all indwelt beings are on the roll calls of justice. But temporal life on the evolutionary world is uncertain, and many die in youth before choosing the paradise career. Such adjuster indwelt children and youth follow the parent of most advanced spiritual status, thus going to the system finality world, the probationary nursery, on the third day at a special resurrection or at the regular millennial and dispensational roll call. Children who die when too young to have thought adjusters are repersonalized on the finality world of the local system, concomitant with the arrival of either parent on the mansion world. A child acquires physical entity at mortal birth, but in the matter of survival, all adjusterless children are reckoned as still attached to their parents. In due course, thought adjusters come to indwell these little ones, while the seraphic ministry to both groups of the probationary dependent orders of survival is in general similar to that of the more advanced parent, or is equivalent to that of the parent in case only one survives. Those attaining the third circle, regardless of the status of their parents, are accorded personal guardians. Similar probation nurseries are maintained on the finality spheres of the constellations and the universe headquarters for the adjustless children of the primary and secondary modified orders of ascenders. Four, mortals of the secondary modified orders of ascension. These are the progressive human beings of the intermediate evolutionary world. As a rule, they are not immune to natural death, but they are exempt from passing through the seven mansion worlds. The less perfected group reawaken on the headquarters of their local system, passing by only the mansion world. The intermediate group go to the constellation training world. They pass by the entire Morantia regime of the local system. Still farther on in the planetary ages of spiritual striving, Many survivors awaken on the constellation headquarters, and there begins the paradise ascent. But before any of these groups may go forward, they must journey back as instructors to the worlds they miss, gaining many experiences as teachers in those realms which they pass by as students. They all subsequently proceed to paradise by the ordained routes of mortal progression. Five, mortals of the primary modified order of ascension. These mortals belong to the adjuster-fused type of evolutionary life, but they are most often representative of the final phases of human development on an evolving world. These glorified beings are exempt from passing through the portals of death. They are submitted to some seizure. They are translated from among the living and appear immediately in the presence of the sovereign sun on the headquarters of the local universe. These are the mortals who fuse with their adjusters during mortal life, and such adjuster-fused personalities traverse space freely before being clothed with Morantia forms. These fused souls go by direct adjuster transit to the resurrection halls of the higher Morantia spheres, where they receive their initial Morantia investiture 
just as do all other mortals arriving from the evolutionary world. This primary modified order of mortal ascension may apply to individuals in any of the planetary series, from the lowest to the highest stages of the adjuster fusion world. But it more frequently functions on the older of these spheres, after they have received the benefits of numerous sojourns of the divine suns. With the establishment of the planetary era of life and life, many go to the universe Morantia world by the primary modified order of translation. Further along in the advanced stages of settled existence, when the majority of the mortals leaving a realm are embraced in this class, the planet is regarded as belonging to this series. Natural death becomes decreasingly frequent on these spheres long settled in light and life. Presented by Amel Kizdek of the Jerusalem School of Planetary... Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on the bottom line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to the bottom line with your host, Joey L. All right, all right, we back. So, very interesting clip. I got a lot more I can play. <clears throat> I think that it's really interesting, right? This whole take on these other planetary bodies. So, I would strongly urge you to take a look into this. We're not going to spend a lot of time tonight um, with the answers and choosing the question and answering. Uh, we'll do that next week if we get into part two of this. But, really good information. You know, definitely will make you stop and discern. You know, are there other realities? Are there other planets? Right? It's a frequency thing. Right? Like I said in the beginning, go back and study the VU wavelengths. Study the chakra system. Right? Study the meridians. Right? When you study these systems and you study these vibrations, then you'll begin to understand that there's a lot more than what we believe. So when we come back from the break, I'm going to play another part of this. And then we'll open the car lines up. I want to get in. All right, so stay tuned. We're discussing the planetary bodies. We're looking at this system they call you Rancher. I think it's interesting, right? It's uh, uh, it, This book is a huge book. It touches on everything from uh, the Jesus story. And then it, and then it deals with... You know, alien life and planetary bodies. Right, so really deep information. So we're gonna hit a part two here in a second. We'll take a quick break. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Story stay the same, I never changed it. No new niggas, nigga, we don't feel that. Fuck a fake friend, where your real friends at? We don't like to do too much explaining. Story stay the same through the money and the fame. Cause we started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Nigga, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Nigga, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. 
back. We're going to get into part two of this. Right? And like I said, this is, you know, this is open for interpretation, you know. What you believe is what you believe. But I do find that this information is so, you know, I think people question it because it literally is so spot on, right? Even even the mathematics of, you know, some of the, the ideas and topics that they're talking about is so spot on, it does make you ask, is this real information, right? And, you know, there have been others, like if you check out um, Quo, right, Abraham Higgs, all these type of things, right? They got people who channel into certain information. Anyways, um, I'm going to play this next clip. Really interesting stuff. And uh, then we'll open the car lines up, see what's happening. All right, we'll be right back. The Ascending Mortals. While the mortal survivors of time and space denominated ascending pilgrims when accredited for the progressive ascent to paradise. These evolutionary creatures occupy such an important place in these narratives that we here desire to present a synopsis of the following seven stages of the ascending universe career. One, planetary mortals. Two, sleeping survivors. Three, mansion world students. Four, Morancha progressors. Five, Super Universe Wards. Six, Avona Pilgrim. Seven, Paradise Arrives. The following narrative presents the universe career of an adjuster indwelt mortal. The sun and spirit fused mortals share portions of this career, but we have elected to tell this story as it pertains to the adjuster fused mortals. Such a destiny may be anticipated by all of the human races of Urantia. One, Planetary Mortals. Mortals are all animal origin evolutionary beings of ascendant potential. In origin, nature, and destiny, these various groups and types of human beings are not wholly unlike the Urantia peoples. The human races of each world receive the same ministry of the sons of God and enjoy the presence of the ministering spirits of time. After natural death, all types of ascenders fraternize as one Morantia family on the mansion worlds. Two. Sleeping Survivors. All mortals of survival status, in the custody of personal guardians of destiny, pass through the portals of natural death and on the third period, personalize on the mansion worlds. Those accredited beings who have, for any reason, been unable to attain that level of intelligence mastery and endowment of spirituality, which would entitle them to personal guardians, cannot thus immediately and directly go to the mansion worlds. Such surviving souls must rest in unconscious sleep until the judgment day of a new effort, a new dispensation, the coming of a son of God to call the rolls of the age and adjudicate the realm. And this is the general practice throughout all never done. It was said of Christ Michael that when he ascended on high at the conclusion of his work on earth, he led a great multitude of captives. And these captives were the sleeping survivors in the days of Adam the day of the master's resurrection on Urantia. The passing of time is of no moment to sleeping mortals. They are wholly unconscious and oblivious to the lengths of the rest. On reassembly of personality at the end of an age, those who have slept 5,000 years will react no differently than those who have rested five days. Aside from this time delay, these survivors pass on to the ascension regime identically 
those who avoid the longer or shorter sleep of death. These dispensational classes of world pilgrims are utilized for group Marantia activities and the work of the local universities. There is a great advantage in the mobilization of such enormous groups. They are thus kept together for long periods of effective service. Three, mansion world students. All surviving mortals reawaken on the mansion worlds belong to this class. The physical body of mortal flesh is not a part of the reassembly of the sleeping survivor. The physical body has returned to dust. The seraphim of assignment sponsors the new body, the Morancha form, as the new life vehicle for the immortal soul and for the indwelling of the returned adjuster. The adjuster is the custodian of the spirit transcript of the mind of the sleeping survivor. The assigned seraphim is the keeper of the surviving identity, the immortal soul, as far as it has evolved. And when these two, the adjuster and the seraphim, reunite their personality trust, the new individual constitutes the resurrection of the old personality, the survival of the evolving Morancha identity of the soul. Such a reassociation of soul and adjuster is quite properly called a resurrection, a reassembly of personality factors. But even this does not entirely explain the reappearance of the surviving personality. Though you will probably never understand the fact that such an inexplicable transaction, you will sometime experientially know the truth of it if you do not reject the plan of mortal survival. The plan of initial mortal detention on seven worlds of progressive training is nearly universal in Orvantan. In each local system of approximately 1,000 inhabited planets, there are seven mansion worlds, usually satellites or sub-satellites of the system capital. They are the receiving worlds for the majority of ascending mortals. Sometimes, all training worlds of mortal residents are called universe mansions. And it was to such spheres that Jesus alluded when he said, in my Father's house are many mansions. From here on, within a given group of spheres like the mansion worlds, ascenders will progress individually from one sphere to another and from one phase of life to another, always advance from one stage of universe study to another in class formation. Four, Morancha progressors. From the mansion world on up through the spheres of the system, constellation, and the universe, Mortals are classed as Morancha progressives. They are traversing the transition spheres of mortal ascension. As the ascending mortals progress from the lower to the higher of the Morancha worlds, they serve on countless assignments in association with their teachers and in company with their more advanced and senior brethren. Morancha progression pertains to continuing advancements of intellect, spirit, and personality form. Survivors are still three nature beings. Throughout the entire Morancha experience, they are wards of the local universe. The regime of the super-universe does not function until the spirit career begins. Mortals acquire real spirit identity just before they leave the local universe headquarters for the receiving worlds of the minor sectors of the super-universe. Passing from the final Morancha stage to the first or lowest spirit status, but a slight transition. Mind, personality, and character are unchanged by such an advance. Only does the form undergo modification. The spirit form is just as real as the Morancha body, and is equally discernible. Before departing from their native local universes for the super-universe receiving worlds, the mortals of time are recipients of spirit confirmation from the Creator Son and the local universe Mother Spirit. From this point on, 
The status of the ascending mortal is forever settled. Super-universe wards have never been known to go astray. Ascending seraphim are also advanced in angelic standing at the time of their departure from the local universes. Five, super-universe wards. All ascenders arriving on the training worlds of the super-universes become the wards of the ancient of days. They have traversed the Morancha light of the local universe and are now accredited spirits. As young spirits, they begin the ascension of the super-universe system of training and culture, extending from the receding spheres of their minor sector into the study worlds of the ten major sectors and on to the higher cultural spheres of the super-universe headquarters. There are three orders of student spirits in accordance with their sojourn upon the minor sector, major sectors, and the super-universe headquarters worlds of spirit progression. As Morancha ascenders studied and worked on the worlds of the local universe, so spirit ascenders continue to master new worlds while they practice at giving out to others that which they have imbibed, experiential founts of wisdom. But going to school as a spirit being in the super-universe career is very unlike anything that has ever entered the imaginative realms of the material mind of man. Before leaving the super-universe for Havona, these ascending spirits receive the same thorough course in super-universe management that they received during their Marancha experience in local universe supervision. Before spirit mortals reach Havona, their chief study, but not exclusive occupation, is the mastery of local and super-universe administration. The reason for all of this experience is not now fully apparent, but no doubt such training is wise and necessary in view of the possible future destiny as members of the core of the finality. The super-universe regime is not the same for all ascending mortals. They receive the same general education, but special groups and classes are carried through special courses of instruction and are put through specific courses of training. Six, Avona Pilgrim. When spirit development is complete, even though not weekly, then the surviving mortal prepares for the long flight to Havona, the haven of evolutionary spirit. On Earth, you are a creature of flesh and blood. Through the local universe, you were a Morancha being. Through the super-universe, you were an evolving spirit. With your arrival on the receiving worlds of Havona, your spiritual education begins in reality and in earnest. Your eventual appearance on Paradise will be as a perfected spirit. The journey from the super-universe headquarters to the Havona receiving spheres is always made alone. From now on, no more class or group instruction will be administered. You are through with the technical and administrative training the evolutionary world of time and space. Now begins your personal education, your individual spiritual training. From first to last, throughout all Havona, the instruction is personal and threefold in nature, intellectual, spiritual, and experiential. The first act of your Havona career will be to recognize and thank your transport to Conifim for the long and safe journey. Then you are presented to those beings who will sponsor your early Havona activity. Next, you go to register your arrival and prepare your message of thanksgiving and adoration for dispatch to the creator son of your local universe. The universe father who made possible your sonship career concludes the formalities of the Havona arrival, whereupon you are accorded a long period of leisure for free observation, and this affords opportunity for looking up your friends, fellows, and associates of the long ascension experience. You may also consult the broadcast to ascertain who of your fellow pilgrims 
have departed for Havona since the time of your leaving Uversa. The fact of your arrival on the receiving worlds of Havona will be duly transmitted to the headquarters of your local universe and personally conveyed to your seraphic guardian, wherever that seraphim may chance to be. The ascended mortals have been thoroughly trained in the affairs of the evolutionary worlds of space. Now they begin their long and profitable contact with the created spheres of perfection. What a preparation for some future work is afforded by this combined, unique, and extraordinary experience. But I cannot tell you about Havona. You must see these worlds to appreciate their glory or to understand their grandeur. Seven, paradise arrival. On reaching paradise with residential status, begin the progressive course in divinity and absonity. Your residence on paradise signifies that you have found God that you are to be mustered into the mortal core of the finality. Of all the creatures of the grand universe, only those who are father-fused are mustered into the mortal core of the finality. Only such individuals take the finality oath. Other beings of paradise perfection or attainment may be temporarily attached to this finality core, but they are not of eternal assignment to the unknown and unrevealed mission of this accumulating host, the evolutionary and perfected veterans of time and space. Paradise arrivals are accorded a period of freedom, after which they begin their association with the seven groups of the primary supernatural. They are designated paradise graduates when they have finished their course for the conductors of worship. Then, as finalities, are assigned on observational and cooperative service the ends of the far-flung creation. As yet, there seems to be no specific or settled employment for the mortal form of finalities, though they serve in many capacities world settled in life and life. If there should be no future or unrevealed destiny for the mortal core of the finality, the present assignment of these ascendant beings would be altogether adequate and glorious. The present destiny wholly justifies the universal plan evolutionary ascent. Future ages, the evolution of the spheres of outer space will undoubtedly further elaborate, more replete, divinely illuminate, wisdom, loving kindness of the gods the execution of their divine plan of human survival, mortal ascension. This narrative, together with what has been revealed to you and with what you may acquire in connection with instruction respecting your own world, presents an outline of the career of an ascending mortal. The story varies considerably in the different super-universes, but this recital affords a glimpse of the average plan of mortal progression as it is operative the local universe of Nebadon, and in the seventh segment of the grand universe, the super-universe of Ovan. Sponsored by a mighty messenger from Uversa. All right, all right. So, interesting information, right? Definitely intriguing. Make sure you make you ask some questions if nothing else right and you know if you want to get more on this information hit me up I'll show you where it comes from information is information but you know we have to look at the vibration and the frequency of the information does it resonate with you right and so that that's really what matters at the end of the day when we talk about these type of Right, but next week we'll get into a part two of this, right? Because there's a lot of this information. Um, but we'll take some questions, see what's happening out there. Yeah, let's go to 240619. 
Oh, peace to the gods, Joey. Peace, peace, peace. What's up, bro? Peace to the gods. Nothing much, nothing much, man. I'm gonna be honest, man. I just hopped on and, and, and just hit one. Just raised my hand. I was actually trying to listen to the rest of the clip and when I really couldn't hear him. Oh, you straight. You straight. What's yeah, good? What's the topic on? Not much, man. I've been playing the archives a gang of times, you know what I'm saying? I've been working with the archives and whatnot. Working through them, believe me. Yeah, actually, I was just Here's listening the... to the, uh, the last metaphysical yeah, Thursday you had. We were talking about the, the, uh, the dead. Well, I guess you called the archives. I was listening to the uh, metaphysical Thursday when you was busting down, the, uh, talking about the blood DNA and whatnot. Yeah, yep. What was that? A couple of weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, this, that was dope. You know what? It's, yeah, you know that thing about that, man, is that even the DNA, you look at that and then relate that back to what I'm, you know, talking about tonight. DNA goes back to life forms, creation. You know, I mean, I was actually reading somewhere yesterday that. They said that even the Neanderthals, people actually had that particular, I guess, form of man um, really misperceived because they were said to be some of the greatest hunters and people who traveled from one landmass to the other, right? So we don't really know a lot, right, about, about DNA and blood unless we are in a laboratory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Unless we in the lab <laughs> taking specimens and shit, right. like, like you know, what I'm saying? All, all we can really go off of is what we know. Like they tell you your blood type is one thing. How we know that for certain? Right, right. There's no way to actually uh, uh, contest it or whatnot. You know. <clears throat> Matter of fact, I, I, I like how you broke the facts down about. Uh, you related to the music, you know what I'm saying? You was talking about the uh, the quad something is like you can, you know what I'm saying? Put the beat on times two and take it back times two, and then you can spin the blood. You know what I'm saying? You was breaking it down and made it real simple to understand. And I was like, dang! Like only people that say like in the music industry would actually understand that. You know what I'm saying? Producers and A and R's and whatnot, they would understand. You know, in the studio, but yeah, that's why I mentioned V U A. I mean, look at, you know, volume, you look at volume waves, and you look at um, radio waves and light waves, microwaves, you look at all different types of waves, right, and you, you have to look at it for what it is, the brain is constantly putting out waves, so if the brain is putting out waves, it means it can receive waves, that means that at a certain point, especially if you're talking about, you know, um, reaching somebody on a on another reality or a plane of existence, you have to figure out what frequency they is. Yeah, it's really like agree with that. like white noise, like the whole white noise thing, right? People when they tune in the white noise, that's a yeah. what, what what reality is that? What frequency is that? Right, right. First of all, that's a government frequency. Okay, so so let's put that out there. White, that's what that's what white noise is, right? And so when you get on these white noise bandwidths, 
you're liable to really hear anything on the frequencies. Because you don't really know what you're talking about. Right. And would it be fair to say that they use those during the times of wars? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you can just use a regular two-way walkie-talkie and think that your enemy wouldn't be listening to you, so you went on a new wavelength. You know, a new regular bandwidth. Like like a cell phone. It's like they can tap into a cell phone. Somebody can tap into a wave frequency. Somebody can cut your wave frequency off. See, and that's the thing about, like, this clip I just played, right? Because it deals with life after death, right? And so you talk about someone who's passed away and, and the idea of being able to communicate uh, with with that individual right, after they left the human body it is to me is a frequency question it's a, it's a vibrational question right? mm-hmm. because what happens to that frequency in that, in that individual the rhythms they heart stop but where where'd the rhythm go where, where did the the wave frequency <laughs> with the consciousness go. So we right, went on to another plane. Yeah. Went on to another plane. Facts. Oh, yeah. You know, we can't measure the There's something they call yeah, yeah. Um, a home frequency, right? And, and right, when you, and I'll, I'll you know, I'm, I'm a you a little bit here at this book. This is what it says, right? It says, when finding your home frequency is really big um, in, in the, what they call the transformation process, right? It says it's one of the best kept secrets when you're falling into the void or you're returning to yourself. All right, so they're talking about when people are in meditation right, and they get so deep into a meditative state that they actually are dealing with the other side or are they dealing with uh, other frequencies or other planets, other realities? They got to have what's called a home frequency, right? Which brings you back to yourself. So, right, right. And there's, there's, a, there's a few different ways that they give you, you know, how to come back into your body and all that stuff. But this will raise the question for me like this, right? Let's say that you can get up and leave your body when you fall asleep. Call it astral projection. That's what right, people have studied it. So if you can do that, and you can consciously do it, and, and that you have to be at a certain wavelength. I talked about this at the beginning of the show, right? There's delta waves, beta waves, alpha waves, theta waves, right? So you've got all these wavelengths. So at what wavelength are you leaving your body? And it's the same thing when somebody mm-hmm. passes away, right? When somebody passes away, at what wavelength are they leaving their body? And then right. where is that consciousness? Is that so, a, is that on a delta level or a theta, right? Because they say that your your brain is more con- like, for instance, and I read the wave from uh, Lynn Sylvia, but essentially when you're more excited, the waves actually get bigger, but they slow, but they're a little slower. Okay. Oh, when you think about a radar, you know what I'm saying? You can see how the waves come through; they get bigger, smaller. Higher in tune, higher in pitch, lower in pitch, and whatnot. Electromagnetic frequencies, bro. As you got to remember, you got gamma rays, you got X rays, you got ultraviolet uh, radiation waves, you got infrared waves, you got visible light waves, radio waves, uh, tetrahertz radiation waves. They got all types of waves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
we're talking about the Earth is the Earth is at a, an electromagnetic grid. So that's the other thing, right? When somebody dies, does that mean that they lost their electromagnetic uh, well, I was just about to answer the question in a different form, though. I was definitely about to answer the question in a different form. I was going to say, like, so when a person passes away, is it to say, like, the body has left the frequency that the mind was on, and they were close enough to actually communicate on the regular? Okay, so if people are using VU radio to, to connect with somebody, then what they're doing is they're connecting with radio waves, which is the lowest frequency, right? So low frequency waves, essentially are radio waves. That's actually, that's where you get down to white noise, and that's also where you get into what people call the underworld, right? So then, you know, mm-hmm. that's the microwaves. You go from microwaves to uh, terahertz waves or radiation waves. Then you get into infrared which is in the middle, and then you get into what they call visible waves, right? So then you go, and when you get to a visible wavelength, right, that's in between low frequency and high frequency waves. So then you go from that to ultraviolet. So you move from left to right. Then you get to X-ray. Mm-hmm. Then you get to get. Then you get to gamma ray. Mm. Right, and and gamma ray is is a high frequency short wavelength, right? So remember, the Earth vibrates, yeah. right? Yes, your body yeah. vibrates. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know, listen, man. The brain shifts between four basic frequencies. This is what I was talking about in the beginning: the beta wave, the alpha wave, the theta wave, the delta wave. So when you see somebody, and they're no longer physically present. Um, you know, and you look at them and you say, "Wow, this person, this person is gone. Everything that illuminated this individual is gone." Well, where, where, where did that energy go? Go you know, to the next realm, right? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said it went on to the next frequency. Maybe it did go on to the next frequency, but what's the next frequency? You know, it's just like there's there's sound waves. That are so high pitched that they hurt your ears, and then there's some sound frequencies that are so low that they can damage, uh, you know, mental health and organs and everything else. So if we're talking about frequency on that particular spectrum, right, spectrum of light, spectrum of sound wave, radio wave, all of these different wavelengths, we have to ask ourselves what, what's really happening when somebody passes. What is their frequency? You know, I've watched, you know, I've watched a lot of people that I know pass away, and and the one thing that's constant when when you see this happen with people is is that obviously the person looks like they're in a deep sleep. Yeah, they look like they're in a really deep sleep, and when you get in a deep sleep in life, <laughs> right, while your heart is still beating, they they call that. Delta wave. Right. It's, it's between one and a half to four hertz. The, the delta brain waves um, are found during the deepest of sleeps. 
right? So, so when somebody when somebody dies, does that mean that the Delta Wave left the body? <laughs> I have to add. I mean, Delta Wave. If you look at how they are, they're really big waves, and, and then and then the, then you flatline. So then the wave just stops. So, and I'm saying this this is not just the human body, but this is the you look at you know look at animals. You look at yeah, just pretty much the earth. You put that light right? on everything in it. Yeah, everything is operating on a frequency. Well, let them make that So, you know, when 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 a soul leaves this planet, whether it was an ant or a human, we have to ask, where did that energy go? Right? And that's why I think that the yeah. best I played are really interesting. You know, because they, they really will you ask the question, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I done seen a couple of only pass and a couple of people pass where I was seeing the talking to them and like I found it crazy on saying Burn Thugs had that video where he showed uh, when Uncle Thugs passed his eyes when saying went from being translucent to like the black came over. And like you can see it. Interesting. So that's 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 kinda of wild. Uh-huh. Well, look, we're gonna, I'm gonna play yeah. part two here because I want people to hear okay. part two. So hang tight because I'm gonna play part two of uh, the second clip that we play, and then we'll come right back. No doubt, that's what that. All right. One of these so-called healthy foods actually drains a guy's key levels, which is the number one. Though the cosmic circles of personality growth must eventually be attained. If through no fault of your own, the accidents of time, the handicaps of material existence prevent your mastering these levels on your native planet. If your intentions and desires are of survival value, there are issued the decrees of probation extension. You will be afforded additional time in which to prove yourself. If ever there is doubt as to the advisability of advancing a human identity to the mansion worlds, the universe governments invariably rule in the personal interests of that individual. They unhesitatingly advance such a soul to the status of a transitional being, while they continue their observations of the emerging Marantia intent and spiritual purpose. Thus, divine justice is certain of achievement, and divine mercy afforded further opportunity for extending its ministry. The governments of Arvantan and Nebadon do not claim absolute perfection for the detailed working of the universal plan of mortal repersonalization, but they do claim to and actually do manifest patience, tolerance, understanding, and merciful sympathy. We had rather assume the risk of a system rebellion than to court the hazard of depriving one struggling mortal from any evolutionary world of the eternal joy of pursuing the ascending career. This does not mean that human beings are to enjoy a second opportunity in the face of the rejection of a first, not at all. But it does signify that all will creatures are to experience one true opportunity to make one undoubted, self-conscious, and final choice. The sovereign judges of the universe will not deprive any being of personality status who has not finally and fully made the eternal choice. The soul of man must and will be given full 
ample opportunity to reveal its true intent and real purpose. When the more spiritually and cosmically advanced mortals die, they proceed immediately to the mansion world. In general, this provision operates with those who have had assigned to them personal seraphic guardians. Other mortals may be detained until such time as the adjudication of their affairs has been completed, after which they may proceed to the mansion world, or they may be assigned to the ranks of the sleeping survivors, who will be repersonalized en masse at the end of the current planetary dispensation. There are two difficulties that hamper my efforts to explain just what happens to you in death, the surviving you, which is distinct from the departing adjuster. One of these consists in the impossibility of conveying to your level of comprehension an adequate description of a transaction on the borderland of the physical and marauder realms. The other is brought about by the restriction placed upon my commission as a revelator of truth by the celestial governing authorities of Urantia. There are many interesting details which might be presented, but I withhold them upon the advice of your immediate planetary supervisors. But within the limits of my permission, I can say this much. There is something real, something of human evolution, something additional to the mystery monitor which survives death. This newly appearing entity is the soul, and it survives the death of both your physical body and your material mind. This entity is the conjoint child of the combined life and efforts of the human you in liaison with the divine you, the adjuster. This child of human and divine parentage constitutes the surviving element of terrestrial origin. It is the Marantia self, the immortal soul. This child of persisting meaning and surviving value is wholly unconscious during the period from death to repersonalization is in the keeping of the seraphic destiny guardian throughout this season of waiting you will not function as a conscious being following death until you attain the new consciousness of Morancha on the mansion worlds of satania at death the functional identity associated with the human personality is disrupted through the cessation of vital motion human personality while transcending its constituent parts is dependent on them for functional identity the stoppage of life destroys the physical brain patterns for mind endowment, and the disruption of mind terminates mortal consciousness. The consciousness of that creature cannot subsequently reappear until a cosmic situation has been arranged which will permit the same human personality again to function in relationship with living energy. During the transit of surviving mortals from the world of origin to the mansion world, whether they experience personality reassembly on the third period or ascend at the time of a group resurrection, the record of personality constitution is faithfully preserved by the archangels on their worlds of special activities. These beings are not the custodians of personality as the guardian seraphim are of the soul, but it is nonetheless true that every identifiable factor of personality is effectually safeguarded in the custody of these dependable trustees of mortal survival. As to the exact whereabouts of mortal personality during the time intervening between death and survival, we do not know. The situation which makes repersonalization possible is brought about in the resurrection halls of the Morancha receiving planets of a local universe. Here in these life assembly chambers, the supervising authorities provide that relationship of universe energy Morantial, 
mindful and spiritual, which makes possible the reconsciousizing of the sleeping survivor. The reassembly of the constituent parts of a one-time material personality involves one, the fabrication of a suitable form, a Marantia energy pattern, in which the new survivor can make contact with non-spiritual reality, and within which the Marantia variant of the cosmic mind can be inserted. Two, the return of the adjuster to the waiting Marantia creature. The adjuster is the eternal custodian of your ascending identity. Your monitor is the absolute assurance that you yourself and not another will occupy the Marantia form created for your personality awakening. And the adjuster will be present at your personality reassembly to take up once more the role of paradise guide to your surviving self. Three, when these prerequisites of repersonalization have been assembled, the seraphic custodian of the potentialities of the slumbering immortal soul, with the assistance of numerous cosmic personalities, bestows this Marantia entity upon and in the awaiting Marantia mind-body form, while committing this evolutionary child of the Supreme to eternal association with the waiting adjuster. And this completes the repersonalization, reassembly of memory, insight, and consciousness. Identity, personalization, consists in the seizure of the encircuited Marantia phase of the newly segregated cosmic mind by the awakening human self. The phenomenon of personality is dependent on the persistence of the identity of selfhood reaction to universe environment, and this can only be affected through the medium of mind. Selfhood persists in spite of a continuous change in all the factor components of self. In the physical life, the change is gradual. At death and upon repersonalization, the change is sudden. The true reality of all selfhood, personality, is able to function responsibly to universe conditions by virtue of the unceasing changing of its constituent parts. Stagnation terminates in inevitable death. Human life is an endless change of the factors of life unified by the stability of the unchanging personality. And when you thus awaken on the mansion worlds of Jerusalem, you will be so changed, the spiritual transformation will be so great that were it not for your thought adjuster and the destiny guardian who so fully connect up your new life in the new worlds with your old life in the first world, you would at first have difficulty in connecting the new Marantia consciousness with the reviving memory of your previous identity. Notwithstanding the continuity of personal selfhood, much of the mortal life would at first seem to be a vague and hazy dream. But time will clarify many mortal associations. The thought adjuster will recall and rehearse for you only those memories and experiences which are a part of and essential to your universe career. If the adjuster has been a partner in the evolution of aught in the human mind, then will these worthwhile experiences survive in the eternal consciousness of the adjuster. But much of your past life and its memories, having neither spiritual meaning nor Marantia value, will perish with the material brain. Much of material experience will pass away as one-time scaffolding, which having bridged you over to the Marantia level, no longer serves a purpose in the universe. But personality and the relationships between personalities are never scaffolding. Mortal memory of personality relationships has cosmic value and will persist.
on the mansion world you will know and be known and more you will remember and be remembered by your one-time associates in a short but intriguing life on your rancho okay all right we're back so <laughs> so not to take in it's deep. <laughs> it's a lot, right? But and it's, it's you know, deep. and it's listen. They don't even know. I'm gonna tell you something about this about this audio. Is that this audio comes from um, a probably 160. I think it's 167 um, papers that they wrote on this thing. Right? It took them like 20 years to complete, and all this stuff came from psychic mediums. Right, um, and they were tapping into some type of energy or whatever to get this information. So there's really no archivist for it. So this information is being drawn down, but it's it, it all ties together. It's all consistent. 167 pages over 20 years is a lot. Right. Some of these pages, some of these papers, are 700 pages. Right. Mm. I mean, this is and you know, this is deep information, right? And you know, it's funny because this is not this is not a cult information, right? It's, just, it's it's more. It almost sounds more like science fiction when you're listening to it. Yeah, I mean, it does. But a couple things stood out in that uh, in that clip. Okay, go ahead. Which is what? So, like the uh, repersonalization. Yeah. That stood out too. I, I you know, Sam Little. Regaining one's mind and body. Okay. Thank you. Thank but you. it repersonalized you. Yeah. Then, yeah. You started to sound that. like a fucking robot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. And also, when you think about court, you know, they always like, oh, well. Uh, I guess you in here representing yourself. I'm like, you can't represent yourself. You know, rep, rep, represent repersonalization sounds more like what the word should have been. You know, right. when you got so, a, a so, so personality so. reassembly. Right. So, well, if you look up, because I looked, like I said, look it up. So, look up this word, repersonalization. Right, it says when a person develops stronger sense of both individually and more inclusive a sense of group, um, right, and that that's a religious um, definition. But then you know, Wiktionary says the regarding of the sense of self, regarding one's mind or body, the cessation of depersonalization, right, repersonalizing simple past mm-hmm. particle, the regaining of uh, self, right. Okay. It's a, you know, like shut so, off the old so, arm. So well, what they say when you die, you go into what they call pure positive energy, right? And if there's, and they they explain this in one of the first videos that there's people on other planets supposedly with with one with uh, one brain, one with two brains, and another group of individuals with three brains. So we're talking about repersonalization. Mm-hmm. You have to ask, well, is that is that a brain thing? Is that a you know, you're repersonalizing all of the emotions and the memories. You know, I mean, that, that it's a broad, so that opens up a broad question. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> as he as he further spoke on, you know, he said that um, 
it would only be the the main thoughts and memories that will pass on, you know. Exactly. So it, I, I took it as it, like a, a a spiritual type thing, you know, like the energy transfer from here to here, but you would only remember certain things that was very influential. So like to me, that, that kicked off like deja vu, you know. Like, hey, here's your opportunity to redo and do it right this time that you didn't do right the last time. Right, and they talked about it from a, from a cosmic sense, though, right? And they what they did was they, they took out all of the – because if you read these books, right, and, and deep, well, I'll play this as deep into the actual book, but if you read the beginning of the book, it breaks down to you what they call the seven super universes and all these different universes, right? And well, ideally, not only can you exist on other planes of existence – but you simultaneously exist, right? So we talked yeah. about repersonalization, yeah. So you're repersonalizing me to remember what a past life, you know. That's yeah. a, that's yeah. a, yeah. a yeah. big believer in that, you know. Have you ever heard of this, this, uh, this before, this, this information? I haven't heard this information per se how you're uh, explaining it to us, but you know, like this third eye open listening and seeing stuff, it made me wonder and you know, kind of all put it under the same category. Like, hold on, man, like it's got to be something more to it than what they sitting there saying because you know they normally piss stuff in your face and then it's on you to decipher it. Most times they do, and you know they say it's to be to be sold, not told, right? And so here's the thing, yeah. right? and I, I like when information like this comes about because it it does make you go back and question, um, you know, if nothing else, the reality of of your own existence, right, in this world, right? Yeah. You, you, you're born to die, <laughs> you right. know, or which is supposed to live in between those things. So, so the interesting thing about all of this really is. When you get to, um, you know, and people have, you know, it's like you get people who, who report seeing aberrations and stuff like that. When they just, you know, you have to, you know, you have to factor in the fact that these people ain't just seeing stuff. You know, people who've had their death experiences and come back and tell you that they saw a tunnel and shit, they're not just seeing stuff. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, there's something that they have. Just like like right. he said, exactly. uh, the universe and the environment and all components of yourself. You know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, what was that Jackie Chan movie where, you know what I'm saying, they took the, the, the collar off of him and he was going through different universes doing the time travel and kept going through and was trying to uh, not, eliminate the other ones so that he could get all that energy. Now, that was Jet Li. It was called The One. Jet Li. My bad, Jet Li, yeah. Yeah, it was called The One. Yeah. Yep. The one, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be, yep. I watched that. I that watched that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful movie. You got a destiny it... guardian. <laughs> right. Powerful movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, the dude was killing himself off, so he could. Yeah, you know, he was really good at sucking up the energy of the other ones. Yeah. Then you got the, the, the jester, 
You know what I'm saying? Take me back to the John Wick movies, you know, the adjudicated thing. He was like, all right, this is what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they thought, they thought, well, they, listen, what, that, that was, see, that, that's what I'm saying, right? The thought adjuster, they mentioned that. But what they don't actually tell you is the thought adjuster is the spirit. It's your spirit. Right. right. And that's why you can never change. Because, you know, right. Like, like, exactly. Like, you know the difference between right and wrong. That's the thought adjuster. Shit. Yeah. Man, that was a deep clip right there, man. That was a deep clip. Had a lot in that little bit of uh, uh, little bit of time. Let me tell you something, man. It would be worth going back and listening to the first two clips. At least the first oh, one. Well, because yeah. this is such a powerful topic. You know, I mean, it, listen, bro. This book is one of the biggest books I've seen. There's it's so What's much the name information. Of the book? Called the Urantia. How you spell that? You ran shy. Got you. And then you got you a are, personality reassembly. Yeah. Now, this book was recommended for me to read, so you know I I'm not one to stray away. I'm, I'm gonna dive into the information, and when I dove into mm-hmm. it, I was like, hmm, this is this is interesting. It, it can explain some things, and if you've never, and you have to have a really open mind because you know if you if you're basing everything off of one religious book and not exploring other right. religions, right? You know, this is not even religious. This is more scientific than anything. Couple of chapters they they talk about God and they talk about the, you know the gods of the universe, but with the way that they deal with this is more scientific. That's why it's so hard. I mean, that's, you know, and, come on, man, they dropped in what, information what, that. What did um? Uh, what's your boy? They say, uh, uh, dang, what's the cat y'all be playing? Stick to the script. What's his name? Oh yeah, yep. Oh, you talking about Dan Pena. You can't dumb Dan Pena. He's like, you can't dumb down the facts. You know what I'm saying? You can't dumb yourself down and just open up and do what I said to do. You know, you got to dumb down and read. Attain everything. You know what I'm saying? Take it for a grain of salt and check it all out. Knowledge is power, but it ain't nothing if you don't use it. Yeah, you never get rid of just having it. (laughs) Apply knowledge. There's a there's a good book mm-hmm. you should check out. Um, it's called Architects of the Underworld, right? You know, and, and it goes into it, it's a deep deep book, and it goes into some of this stuff that we're talking about, right? So it deals with, um, you know, it, it deals with these topics when we talk about like you know, what's actually happening, you know, um, on a metaphysical level. Like what we're talking about because, like, even this conversation is frequency, they even resonate with it. But in this book, they deal with these things, they deal with the, the frequency of, like I said, the radio waves. Essentially, they consider that to be the underworld, you get past that. Right? Or these, mm. these really high frequency waves. You see, you gotta see, see, think about this, right? Light waves cannot penetrate a building, but radio waves can. Right, That's and true. so and so, well, yeah, 
Yeah, radio waves can penetrate because they're bigger than the size of an atom. You see? Okay. So, so what we what, that's what I'm saying. You go back to what we're dealing with, and you look at it for what it is. It's a frequency, right? When people pass, when people are, are, are alive and vibrant, they're putting out frequencies. This is why when people go sit in the sunlight, and they're getting these light codes. All right, what kind of codes do you get if you're listening to silence? There's a frequency of silence. That's just all internal thoughts right there Well that's what I'm saying Consciousness mm-hmm. consciousness has to come from the abyss It's almost got to come From lower <laughs> wow. than the delta yeah. yeah That shit that You pull in that mind space reality Right And they say you, you could be in time space And meditation And afterlife Right But most people who can bend it while they're here to become ascended masters when they leave this bitch. There. It's a deep yeah. science here. Yeah, yeah. I'll follow it. I'll follow it. I'll follow Yeah. It's a very deep science. You I'll play the clip. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. What was you saying? Well, I was just going to say you got a very deep you know, since um, since you came out and put it in the open that you know you had the the attacks on you spiritually and, and, and physically. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah, you can drop some real deep spiritual. You know yeah, well, because because what happens is, is yeah, that's all good. I mean, listen, what happens is is that this to me this type of information, um, you know, people need people need to know because I'm not the only one who deals with. Spiritual attacks Who's dealt with it You know uh-huh. I, mean, I just may be one of the people Who's speaking up about it You know right. I mean Listen dog When somebody's seen energy in me I know it right away I already know It's a feeling You can feel Because you get so tuned in And that's why meditation Is so important You get tuned in Tapped in Turned on As they say You know Yeah You, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. turn yeah. on That higher frequency Of yourself it, it, you know, it is, it's, it's about as bright as a hundred watt light bulb. When you, when you, you know, what I'm saying, when you sense it, like your energy level yeah. is one place, and then step around certain people, it's just like, damn, what the hell? Ooh, this is bad. Nope, I don't want to be you here. You can walk into a room. You can walk into a room and feel the energy. You know? Yeah, facts. Literally. You can feel you know, them, and, and that's my thing about it. I can walk into a room. I can walk into a room, dog. I can feel the energy. I can know it's not right. You know, and, and you, but you get in tune with that. So, my thing is, is I mean, I, I'm almost, I almost look at it like Earth is a school. So you come down here to learn how to vibrate. Because when you come out of this school, you're nothing though. but pure vibration. <laughs> You got some more pure vibration when you do this for. Yeah. You know, you, you have to do. And, and pure pure energy has to vibrate at a frequency. Right. Yeah, I, I would have um, to agree with you on that. Matter of fact, I would say, uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. well, 
light is pure energy, right? It's a frequency, right? The number of times that a wave reaches a peak, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about peaks. Like, so if you look at, um, if you look at uh, somebody when they're making music, right? When you're making music in the studio and, and, and you see something peak, right? It gets too high, mm-hmm. so you got to bring it down a bit, right? So we're saying that light, it's pure energy. So that implies that light only carries uh, properties of energy. Okay. Right? So well, what, what am I talking right. about? Photon. Right? Because the yeah. smallest bit of light possible is a photon. Right. So, so that one ain't going to have yeah, so you look at a wavelength, a frequency, um, a wave vector, the speed of a wave. So so check it out. Right? It says here, it says that the rate at which the photon travels through space, uh, which is always 299, let me, let me repeat it, because the way that they wrote it is funny, 299,792,458 meters per second. That's, that's how fast your wave. That's the speed of waves and light. That's the, first of all, that's the speed of light. Okay, and that's the wavelength at which it travels through space. The space encumbers everything. Okay. Listen, it says, it says a photon contains electromagnetic field. More accurately, a photon is a quantized ripple in the overall electromagnetic field. As such, photons are able to interact with electric charge. Particles with electric charge can create photons, destroy photons, and scatter photons. Photons can exert forces on on charged particles. Uh, Furthermore, photons obey the principle in the equations of quantum field theory. So you're talking about kinesis, brother. You're talking about kinetic energy. You're talking about Mm -hmm. what I I went back to earlier, which is Earth has a magnetic field. Which means that it's the photons in your body, and what happens when when a photon dies? The energy goes. Okay. Photons can't die. Yeah. Energy can't be destroyed. Right. So is- photons be transformed into another form of energy, right? Which would be a positron. Ooh. The energy uh, Okay, hold on So Positron See what I'm saying Positron deals with You know what positron deals with? Tell me I'm not going to say You know what the positron deals with? Bro? Positron Okay Deals with traveling backwards in time That's what you call a positron Oh, positron deals with traveling back in time? Positrons deal with traveling back in time. Electrons traveling backwards in time interact with some other light energy and start traveling forward in time again. They call it electrons traveling backwards in time. They call them positrons. So this is what I'm saying. When you die... This is, this is why people see aberrations and shit. You can walk into a room, right? 
from like the 1800s oh. or something to the like, well, I seen a ghost. No, what you see yeah, yeah. was the positron. You saw the light. Okay. You saw the consciousness's ability to go from the body to the next form, which is a light form, which which allows you to travel back and forth in time. Positron. So is that, let me ask you this. Is that why they call, when you take a picture, you pull out the negative, and that's what stays? Wait, you said when you pull out the, the picture and you see the negatives? Yeah, when you take the picture, right, you get the okay. negatives, that's what stays. Right. So you can't you, you know saying you can't have you can't have a picture of the positron because you know what I'm saying, that's like like you said, traveling back in time. But when you take a picture, that's something that's still that's always gonna be there. You have it. That's right. Considered the negative right. part of it. You know what I'm saying? It's so negative. I think I seen a video earlier today on Netflix, and in the video they were talking about paranormal shit and all that. But one of the things that the guy was saying was he said we had these phenomena where we would take this picture um, in this in this room. He said, and then we after a while we got to noticing that the picture wanted to talk back to us, so we would ask he said we would ask a question, take a picture, Polaroid picture. He said they was using spect- spectronics or something like that. It was a special type of film they was using, yeah. and then Polaroid got rid of yeah, it. Yeah. But they would ask it a question, take a Polaroid picture, right? And then it would, mm-hmm. the answer would be across the picture and like smoke. On a Polaroid. Right? And that's what I was talking about, a Polaroid. That's the negative job. It's a Polaroid. So, so see, there was, a reason, there was a reason to me that they went digital. You know, they, they would yeah. have had to go digital. People were, you know, people were getting too close to. Whatever that next realm. See, that next realm is literally a breath beside us. It's too just, close to the truth. And then it would make sense on why people um, say stuff like, I saw a ghost. Well, a ghost is the positronic energy, the consciousness of that individual that has moved forward into another dimension or that can move backwards into it. And you can't see that. Oh. Right, unless they lower the they you got to they have to lower light vibration. So this is what I'm talking about. So when we're dealing with positron, electron, uh, uh, antimatter, black matter, yeah. uh-huh. light, there's a light frequency. Okay, there's a there's what they call a mathematical equivalent theory. Right, that essentially. Um, it, it, it basically so there's the ultraviolet spectrum of light. So to me, light light is the only thing that can transverse space time. You would have to be light to transverse space time. So yeah, again, talk about with uh, meditation. Nigga, you meditate. You can meditate the way about it. Yeah, experience the only thing that can go forward and backwards and whatnot to light speed. I guess it was, it was, what would you call it? Too uh, too heavy, too thick. You know what I'm saying like. Say it again. Yeah, that makes sense. I was saying like, uh, um, light. 
actually too heavy and too thick to go forward and backwards into you know throughout time or whatnot. But the actual vibration can actually move as it slow down and speed up. That's what I'm saying. Mm. It's it's a it, it's almost like symmetry. Right? We, we're talking about time reversal. Right. So you're talking about positive uh, and negative electrons and positrons working together. Cause you, so you gotta, you gotta wonder how is it? Else, how else is it that people have life reviews? Right when they die, people, people everybody has these life reviews. Is the life review because you just turn into another form of energy that allows you to transverse time? So you go back and look at your life. From a 3D perspective Or 4D perspective Because you're now outside the realm of time So now you can positively There is no time So you're just moving that shit Kind of like a Like a dot That's why they say don't walk into the light You know what I'm saying You walk into the light You're going into that realm You might go into that world I mean See that that I don't know, but but then see then you have to look at what is dark matter, right? Because if you look at dark matter, the darkness is the light. So a dark matter, a component of the universe whose presence is discerned from its gravitational attraction rather than its luminosity. Dark matter makes up thirty point one percent of the matter energy composition of the universe. The rest is dark energy, ordinary visible matter. So when we look at dark matter, right, when you talk about galaxies, gravitational pools, microwaves, because microwaves exist in space too, right? Um, electromagnetic yeah. radiation exists in space. So we're talking about don't walk into the light. What is the light? Is the light really the darkness? Right? Because right. entities right. get out of the darkness comes the light. But how many entities do they say get trapped in the dark? So I'm saying all of this shit is up for debate. <laughs> you know what I mean? So unless you cross the threshold to come back and tell you. Yeah, that's I mean? crazy. Listen to back to him, motherfucker. Hey, this, this is what happens. You know, it's all it's all great speculation, but I do look at it like this, right? If you break it down on a scientific level, and you look at what is energy, and you look at what happens when a wave stops, when when a when, when a proton or electron ceases and it changes form, it goes into a positron. So we, we're really talking mm-hmm. about the change in the forms. Light is positronic. You go into light. We already like mm-hmm. it. At the head of each sperm is light. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, waves don't stop. You know what I'm saying? Like you can look at it as the... Uh, the ocean, you know what I'm saying? Waves don't stop. They just hit a bank, Zach, and then the next one comes up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they got we, a lot we, of we, energy. We, in the, we just uh, drops. We just drops in the ocean. Facts. You know, in a, in a sea of knowledge. You know, like I said, this is powerful information. I mean, you know, when we get into, and there's a whole study that they've done. On you know melanin and dark matter, you know, and, and 
you know, and, and this is why people used to try to shun black people. It wasn't, it wasn't really because of the color of your skin. It was really because what superpowers do you hold by having skin that is black? Melanin. That dark matter energy that exists within your body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, this 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 yeah. real shit here. You know, what I'm saying, I I don't, I don't really feel like nothing really in these type these type of conversations are really off the limits when we're talking about this this type of stuff because this goes back to the theory of there being multiple worlds and there are multiple wars of the world wars whatever world. you want to call it. If there are multiple worlds, <coughs> right? Then, then I have to ask: Is the people of color on them worlds? You know, is it is it people of color? You know, um, do it have melanin? Is the melanin of other forms of color? You know, because because brown, to be honest with you, brown is rusted. We possibly really supposed to be green. It's rust. It's, it's iron. You know yeah, what I'm brown, it's brown iron. is really the it's iron. The copper. Yeah, it's the copper. Yeah. Because we do what is it? Silver. You do a load of your silver. You go blue, gold, get your green. Right, exactly. Yeah, so what happens? When they make, turn all the green. movies that make the alien green, you know, they come on, man. <laughs> what y'all trying to say? Exactly. <laughs> well, well, they tell you, look, Osiris is green. You know. Yeah. So I mean, this this type of information, this information, dog, is so important that it's discussed as nothing else, so people can get a better understanding. Even the clips I play tonight, right? It's not. It's to be examined. That, take that information and examine it, right? Don't take it as gospel. But examine, you know, and resonate with the truth of what it is. Because there are some truths to the information. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, man, it's good shit right here. Yeah. It's good shit. Yeah, man. But listen, I appreciate you tuning in, dog. We're going we're gonna to get up out of here. Um, we'll, we'll pick this up next week because there's more of this. I got a lot more of this to, you know. To, to dive into because this information is interesting and I want to get into the, the part about how they created the world. <clears throat> what the problem oh, no was. Okay. So, we. Um, my question is, where do I go back to uh, replay this? I go back to the new evolution joint? Probably back up on yeah, the, um, be, the website? It'll be in our, yep. Yeah, it'll be in the archives. It'll be here oh, in these archives. That. Check it on podcast. Appreciate you, Kenneth. Okay, God. Appreciate you calling. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's what it is. Um, so tune in next week. We'll be on next week. Um, actually, let's see here. Saturday. Um, I'll be on. I'm going to try to come on on Thursday. Right? So I'll let y'all know. Uh, of course, look for the flyer. Um, schedule's a little inconsistent right now until I get some family things cleared out the way. Um, but it's all good, man. Appreciate y'all. Uh, we'll holler at y'all next week. If you want to holler at me, make more comments dot com. All right. Um, and we'll be on next week, man. Peace to the gods.